Discord, whatever filter clipped okay. in. If it gets too loud, it just cuts you off instead of lowering My it. My skin anything. doesn't make sounds when it touches. <laughs> Ew. That actually is. So, aside from uh, a friend of mine, some, oh, a friend of mine, uh, somebody I used to live with, he told me that while on tour with his band, I've probably told you this before because I think it's one of the funniest things anyone's ever told me, and I don't know who the purveyor of the idea is, but um, they were thing in the van they would do while on tour was try to come up with the worst superpowers and the my favorite one they told me was you emit really weak wi-fi and i think i found one that's worse than that which is just my skin doesn't make noise when it makes contact (laughs) i was in a a group interview in uh college for a job and my manager to be uh, people ask like what what superpower would you have my manager to be said i'd want the power of whatever i'm craving to appear in my fridge whenever i open it it's like if i'm thinking about a burrito i want a burrito open my fridge there's a burrito in there and that's a pretty good power i'd want that is it a power or is that a magic fridge i think it extends beyond the fridge too maybe like if you go to your cabinet think about it yeah you have to think about it like the fridge doesn't just like appear you have to like be like i want a cheeseburger and it'll i would rather available in a magical object, if I had to pick it between, like, it's a thing I can do at other people's houses, I think it'd be fine if I just relegated that to my home. I would never want to give my impulses any more power than they already have. <laughs> yeah. Same. Oh, this also reminds me, I saw this meme once that was like, picture this. It's a lighter version of hell called heck. What happens there? And, like, for example, it's like, the uh, DMV line is always three hours. Like, what is your version <laughs> of heck? I think we've all been living in heck since 2016. I would agree with that. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I think it might be a little <laughs> worse than that. <laughs> Sorry. I would actually say we've been living in hell. Yeah. For me, heck is having to sit and be forced to watch uh, morning, like, morning television programming. Like Good Morning America, mm. Cars, all about and like that. the Today Show. That is that is my version of heck. If I was forced to sit and watch that every day, absolutely yes. not. Mine is being on the bus or any form of the CTA on a commute, and there is always that one coworker that you don't want to talk to that comes up and talks to you, and then you have to like go all the way to your destination. Nikki, yeah, I only came up to you that one too. time. Okay. Brad, and I never forgot it. <laughs> there were so many times after work because we'd all leave like between four and five. But like between four and five is kind of a crapshoot. You might get a ridiculous car where you got to jam yourself in there. Um, but you would always catch at least one person. And I was always just not, if I'm going, if I'm commuting home, just I just want to put on headphones and just yeah. listen to music, listen to podcasts, just go home. I don't want to keep talking about work. And it's just a couple people that. If I saw them getting into a car, I would actively be like, all right, going three more down. I'm good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I One time in the morning, I was on the bus with someone. And I literally got off a whole stop after, which is like a full 10-minute walk further <laughs> so that I didn't have to commute the rest of the way with him. I get it. And talk to him. I get that. I'm really 
because we always had a work from home schedule or like policy, not a schedule, a policy. Like, and it was cool if you worked from home. And I never took advantage of it enough until like now being in COVID and like working from home all the time. I'm like, damn, all those like crammed ass like train cars, like especially on the red line when like there's a Cubs game and you're in some sweaty drunk's armpit. I could have just like left during lunch and worked from home yep. the rest of the day and avoided all of that. Yeah, year and a half, two years I was there. I le- I got there typically after lunch and left at four. And I would I would just get up, I would work from home until it was lunchtime, and then I would commute in. So I would take I'd just ride my bike in at, at noon and then I would leave early intentionally so that I didn't have to ride my bike home in traffic. And nobody really cared as long as I got my work done. They yeah. might have cared and that might be why I got laid off, but nobody told me that, so fuck them. So shout out to one of our other coworkers, Becky, uh, who uh taught me these wise ways of leaving at four. It's not because I was done at four, but because then I didn't have to commute home at five. Yeah. See, if you listen to this podcast actually, and you hear me saying this, I will give you $10 cash next time I see you just because I want to see if you listen to it. You want me to leave her name in? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm just going to repeat. This is Becky who inspired me. Becky, if you're listening, you can make money. We said her name three times, so she has to appear now. <laughs> you know, one of the things I love most about her is that she really loves Friday the 13th. What? As a holiday. Tell me about it. Do you Who guys know doesn't? That? Who doesn't? Hell of a segue. We're Splatterbrains. We're a podcast about horror and horror-adjacent things. Today, we're doing some horror-adjacent things. Jason? Jason thinks. Damn it. Nice. Glad you also thought that. That was a good one. Space. This episode one. comes out on Friday the 13th, and we are talking about Friday the 13th, but not the killer and Jason and his mom. We're talking about like, like the day. Out of my door. Is it, we're talking about the holiday of Friday the 13th. Some history, some superstitions. The holiday in air quotes. It's not it's a holiday to me. I mean, I celebrate, but I'm also a, I wore my, a, a spooky bitch. So We're all spooky bitches on this podcast. Karen, yeah. hit, us, hit me with some Friday the 13th history. Hell yeah, man. Okay. So uh, really, the date itself, fast. like Friday the 13th itself, wasn't really a, a, a superstitious date until roughly around the turn of the 20th century. Um, it's believed to have started with a man named Captain William Fowler. Uh, in the late 19th century, he wanted to remove some stigma around the number 13, specifically the unwritten rule about not having 13 guests for dinner. So he created a very exclusive club, like you do, called the 13 Club. And the group, all 13 of them, would dine regularly on the 13th day of the month in the 13th room of a place called the Knickerbocker Cottage, which was a place that Fowler actually owned for about 20 years. And it's they would sit down for a 13-course dinner, and they would do this after passing beneath a ladder and a banner reading Moraturi Te Salutamus in Latin, which translates to those of us who are about to die salute you. So like some pretty dark shit, which is kind of cool. Um, but in 1907, a book by T.W. Lawson was published called Friday the 13th. So this is like the first known attribute in like modern cultural zeitgeist is this book 
And it's said to have truly kicked off the cultural fascination with the date itself. So not just the number 13, but the date Friday the 13th. And it, the story itself follows a New York City stockbroker who plays on the superstition about the number 13 to create chaos on Wall Street and like tank the market. So people started to attribute Friday the 13th to this unlucky date, which 13 was already a pretty unlucky number for most of Western civilization for like fucking centuries. And that sounds, there's, there's two different origins. I'm going to talk about the Norse mythology version of this because I think it's awesome. Um, so in ancient Norse lore, it holds that evil and turmoil were first introduced to the world by the appearance of the treacherous and mischievous god Loki at a dinner party in Valhalla. He was the uninvited 13th guest to said dinner party, upsetting the balance of the 12 gods that were already in attendance. And he went so far as to play a trick on the blind god Hodor to shoot his brother Baldur, who is the god of light, joy, and goodness, with a mistletoe-tipped arrow which killed him instantly and threw the world into darkness and chaos. And then there's the other one, the other dinner party fiasco in ancient times that are, is also attributed to 13, which is the Last Supper. And that motherfucker Judas showing up as the last 13th guest at the party just to stab Jesus in the back. And from a Christian perspective, too, like the Last Supper happened on a Thursday. Jesus died on Friday. So there's a whole thing where that kind of convolutes itself together. You know, I think I'm going to take a stance on this podcast and say that yeah. uh, people should be nicer to Judas, you know? He's kind of the, he's kind of needs to do what he did to kind of make the whole thing go down you know it's like uh i'm sure you've heard anti-semitic rhetoric before where people will say that um christians have blamed jews before for killing their god but it's like but, the, but that's how redemption happens thank your jewish friends and say you know what you did us a favor so judas is just putting the wheels in motion so hug your local judas everybody lady gaga <laughs> did write a whole song about him so damn i mean All right. that's pretty high praise right I have a question as someone who is religiously ignorant. I never went to a Sunday school. I never went to a, a CCD. So, okay. So the Last Supper, we have that table of 13. We have the gods, another dinner, like just two bad dinners. Is Are these like two different worlds and belief systems under which those happen? Or is it Correct. like... Okay. They that are. feels so, like wild. Yeah, so the <laughs> the Norse mythology uh goes back much farther than the Last Supper and the Bible and the Christian belief system. And the thought is that the idea of the number 13 being unlucky in western society is born out of that myth because it spread south from uh skin the Scandinavian areas. And, and went south into Europe and then obviously kind of dispersed out from there. And then the thought is that as it was kind of being spread downward into Europe is, was as the Christian faith itself was kind of coming into fruition. And so there's a lot of overlap with the unlucky number 13 and the, and the dinner party aspect of things. Like I am a former Catholic. I don't consider, I grew up Catholic, but I don't consider myself We've talked about this in the ghost hunt episode. Like I'm not a religious person, but I mean, I think the Bible was born of its time. 
but I don't think it is yeah. true tr- tr- to it's it's a it's a fictional story. Sorry, it just well, is. So kind of, it pulls from other belief yeah. systems, and like there's quite a bit there that I mean the overlap with this the bad dinner party in, in Valhalla and Loki being a total dickwad. Like, yeah. So if you see parallels, it's not an accident. It's just uh, history filtering itself through different people. The fact that there are and there exists historical timelines of pre-Christian religions and heathen religions was kind of enough evidence for me to be like, well, for me, for a religion to be the one true thing, and that goes for any religion, it would have to have existed for all time, which is a gross oversimplification of how the world works and philosophy, but like that was kind of enough evidence for me to just be like, oh, there's there were beliefs that pre-existed to religion, or to Christianity, that is wild. And so, yeah, you've... Yeah. Yeah, found a thing there. Yeah. The number 13 also not just like coming out of Norse mythology of being like an unlucky number. It it kind of spans a lot of ancient cultures like the ancient Sumerians, uh Mesoamericans, like Incans and Mayans and all of that. Like 12 is considered like the godly number, the holy number, and so 13 being the one right after is like there's 12 months in the year. There's all uh, there's all kinds of things um across multiple like ancient cultures that attribute 13 to being a fairly unlucky number. Is there anything that you read that explains why in, you know, in this context, 13 is unlucky and bad, but then I am seeing here, there's also like lucky 13, such as in Italy, there is a phrase that translates to make 13, which means hit the jackpot. In France, it's apparently a lucky number, or it was prior to uh, the First World War, and something else. So it's kind of interesting that it's like there's two extremes of 13 either being very unlucky or very lucky. Did you find anything about that parallel? Um, I, honestly, it's mostly cultural is what I've been able to to figure out. What I found really interesting on the Italian side of things is they f- the number 13 being an, a lucky number, but Friday being an unlucky date. And their unlucky date in similar context was considered Friday the 17th. Um, so that so instead of Friday the 13th being the unlucky like date in Italy, it is Friday the 17th. Whereas in like Spanish-speaking cultures, um, a lot of like Latin American cultures, think of Tuesday the 13th. So 13 is still the unlucky number, but instead of Friday, it's Tuesday the 13th. So it's kind of just a cultural, it, it seems to me to be a pretty cultural thing, because if you look at Asian cultures, 13 is not considered an unlucky number whatsoever, but the number four is. So, and I believe 14 as well. So I, it, it just, it's different cultures and different like historical context that kind of leads to it. Is there any pure number? One? Three. I feel like no one has an issue 69. with one. Three. <laughs> 69 is very unpure. It is very um, unpure. Brad. M- most people would say the number three because of the Holy Trinity. But I've also, but there's also like the, the flip side to that where like, if you ever go into things like the demonic, like when people think of like demons and shit, they'll talk about how like you'll get marked with like three scratches or something because it's to mock the Holy Trinity or like 3 a.m. being the devil's hour, or the witching hour. So like it, it's it's also that. So it, it, there is no such thing as like, I don't know, lucky number. Or like um, poison ivy, leaves of three, leave it be. 
But we also just said three as its own entity and one as its own entity, potentially being wholesome numbers. But when you put three and one together, you can make 13. Holy shit. So there's a Mitch Hedberg joke all about this, which is uh, the number 13 is considered unlucky, but then so should the letter B, because the B looks like a scrunched together 13. That joke ends with saying, what is your name? Bob, get the fuck away. In Classic. Rob Zombie's movie Thirty One, oh, taken from the Offspring lyric, he asked for a thirteen, and they drew a thirty-one. This is what that movie's named after, for sure. Oh my god, it's all connected. This is like the Pepe like, Sylvia Charlie Day whiteboard. <laughs> this is, this is the that fucking Jim Carrey movie, the number twenty-three. You guys, the Illuminati is real. I think we've just well, heard about uh, it. We've all been waiting for Karen to get there, and she finally did. I'm very yeah. proud of you for, you know, this is the good episode to do it. Thank you. Okay, I, sorry. Karen, you were on a roll, and I side-tangented you with the lucky 13. Right. So, back, so go, back to you, Karen. I always thought you, Karen. that the lucky 13 was just meant to be ironic. So it is and it isn't like there is a weird there is kind of a history behind that. So in like the the unluckiness of the number 13 like persists pretty heavily today in in our western culture to the point where the stat the statistic that I found uh 80% of high-rise buildings in the United States do not have a 13th floor. It's like 14 and 14B. Uh is a lot news. of them. There's the Mitch Hedberg joke gets into that. Anyway. I love Mitch Hedberg. Um, there are people on the 14th floor. You know what floor you're really on. So. There's also uh, the vast majority of hotels, hospitals, and airports also all avoid using the number for rooms and gates uh, as well. And I've even seen like on airplanes that there isn't even a 13th row. It just goes from 12 to 14. Like there's not even a 13th row in the airplane. So it's so, but if you were in Asian cultures, it's the same thing with the number four. There's no fourth floor. There's no like gate four. That's the same thing, but with the number four. So it's a pretty heavily steep tradition. And there's even a phobia that I'm going to try to terribly pronounce. Fear of Friday the 13th is known as Parascavidicatriophobia. Nailed it. No, and now that, you look like a blobfish. <laughs> <laughs> which is a specialized form of the phobia of the fear of the number 13, which is triskaidekaphobia. Nailed it. So, there you go. You did better than I could um, have done. Speaking of airplanes, so I realized I have a flight next Friday, the 13th, which is scary, but also. Last week, I was waiting for another flight in the airport, and the woman on the intercom said, da-da-da-da-da, to reach your final destination. And I had never realized that the movie Final Destination, like, came from that very common term. So, like, my face just, I got so nervous, and I started looking, I was, like, looking for someone's water bottle to be sitting on a table, and the perspiration drip off the table. I was looking for a sign to, like, not get on the plane, and I was, like, is there a world in which I, Devin Sawa, my flight, and I'm, like, you guys, we have to get off, and now I'm gonna have to deal with this again on Friday the 13th. Whew. Anyway. Does this happen every time you're on a flight? 
No, I had never. Did you clap heard when it lands? Say it. No. Well, the funny thing is, like, you know, when you get turbulence and then your stomach kind of drops, like you're on a roller coaster. I get it, like, feels cool because I love roller coasters, but then I remember there's nothing underneath me and then I get really scared. <gasps> oh my God, I'm scared to fly. Yeah, you know what they should do? This is going to be what we use instead of jet fuel. If we could just make them steam powered and make airplanes big roller coasters, just put a track underneath them. Problem solved. I think he's talking about trains. Idea. <laughs> Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Trains are no, he's talking ride. about roller coasters. Have you ever seen a train that's elevated in any capacity? Hogwarts, when it goes Sur- over that bridge. Damn. Downtown Chicago, the L train. Elevated. Like New York City, they also have elevated It trains. stands for the, sh- the shape that it drives in. Oh, you're right. I'm mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Alex has never been on a train before. Alex has never seen a train. Yeah, I've heard the band train. Is that what they're named after? Have you ever been on a train to Busan before? I have not. Don't. What about okay. a train to 13 Busan? Because a B is... There it is. I digress. I... <laughs> yeah. We all digress. I did, I did some research, and I found a cool sort of story um, from history.com. So you know it's trust. Actually, they did cite all their sources and everything, which is cool. Um, but you guys, Fun fact, Brian, I took a lot of mine from history.com as well, but they did see? cite their facts, so like it's <laughs> worth it. Um, you guys heard of the Knights Templar? Yeah. You play yep. Assassin's Creed to the bad guys. I play D&D, um, it's fine. Yeah. I've seen a lot of um, historic History Channel special oh, programming about... History Channel is obsessed with them. They love the Knights Templar, especially yeah. like the whole Ark of the Covenant kind of shit, so seen yeah. a lot of that. Um. So, for those that don't know, the Knights Templar, they were a large, like, organization of devout Christians in the medieval ages, um, or medieval era. And they carried out uh, an important mission of protecting European travelers who were visiting sites in the Holy Land, and also military operations. So they weren't, like, you know, perfectly, uh, you know, doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. Um, and one of their, actually, apart from, like, being a military operation, and, like, killing people and whatnot. They contributed a lot to banking, which is interesting. So they kind of like revolutionized banking in the medieval era. Um, the way they did this is they kind of introduced like checks was a thing and having documentation to access gold. So if you stored your gold in one castle and like traveled somewhere else and then Ice Templar had another castle there, if you had the right documentation, you could get that gold out like a modern bank, which is cool to kind of learn the history of that a little bit um but on friday the 13th of october in 1307 king philip of france actually decided that they were like an independent thing and he didn't have control over them as they operated in france because they had like permission from the pope and everything to kind of operate on their on their own like as a military group and so king philip of france was a little nervous about that and also that money he wanted a little bit of that i'll get to that later um so on Friday, October 13th in 1307, King Philip of France arrests the Grand Master of the Knights Templar, Jacques de Molay. I pronounce that like uh, Norm MacDonald doing a joke. Uh, Jacques de Molay. He accuses uh, Jacques de Molay and the Knights Templar of heresy, sodomy, and Satanism, particularly the worship of Baphomet, which is the exact opposite of what the Knights Templar uh, are kind of known for. But... So 
Jacques de Molay and other Knights Templar are arrested and imprisoned and tortured for seven years in France. Nikki, are you still laughing at the word sodomy? Sodomy. I'm laughing that, like, well, one, Brad's pronunciation, but then Karen just casually <laughs> pulls up a journal that says field notes. On the <laughs> 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 okay, sorry, go ahead. Uh, okay, where was I? Yeah, so Jacques de Molay and other Knights Templar are arrested and imprisoned and tortured for seven years in France until they're eventually forced to confess to what they're accused of, of, of heresy, sodomy, and Satanism. Then uh, after they're kind of like brought out of like the torture chambers and presented in front of a, a trial, they're like, no, that, that we didn't do that. Those confessions were like forced out of us, obviously, because they're like beaten, battered, broken, cut up, tortured people that are probably barely alive uh, at that point. So they demand a fair trial. And so King Philip's like, all right, I'll give him a fair trial. And it's just like a total like BS trial. Like it's just like, Nothing is going in their way. Actually, a lot of uh, the research I did, a lot of um, attorneys at the time ended up resigning and wouldn't defend the Knights Templar out of fear for their own lives because King Philip wasn't going to allow it to be a fair trial. He just wanted them to look guilty and bad. So the trial eventually ends in 1314, and the Grand Master Jacques de Molay is burned at the stake. Um. In his last like, moments, he's supposedly heard calling upon King Philip of France and Pope Clement V um, demanding trial in front of God. He's like saying, like, you would, we will share a fate. Like, I demand a trial. I'll see you in the afterlife. Both of them die within a year after him sort of cursing them at the stake. And then during his, his imprisonment, or their imprisonment. The Knights Templar are, are officially dissolved by the Pope and the Catholic Church, and their monetary assets, get this, were given to a rival order, the Knights Hospitallers, but most of their money was seized by King Philip and King Edward II of England. So, King, King of France just wanted to get that gold and kind of doomed himself and Pope Clement, supposedly. Really playing the long game there, waiting eight years or whatever it was to finish this off could have just killed him come on yeah does is this um again another question of ignorance you mentioned king philip who does not sound like a nice boy how does i I feel like philip in general uh you know i guess i'm thinking of philip the goat black philip from i thought the same thing where does does philip and like the l's and philip look like the number one and one is half of the numbers involved in 13. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't see anything that was related to it. Cause I saw, I thought the same thing. The only kind of like deeper layer I can see is just because of this curse from Jacques de Molay. Um, I don't know. Okay. And then one other thing so the shirt I'm wearing has the numbers 1971 on it, right? If you add up 9 and 1, that's 10. If you subtract 7 from 10, that's 3. And then there's 1 at the end. 1, 3, 13. 10, 3, 1. Oh, okay. You're, you're really... You are... <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, you didn't happen to watch uh, 1408 
for this episode <laughs> today, did you? I just watched no. 13 away. But honestly, it's like I did literally no research for this. So I'm going off of everything Karen and Brad are saying. And if you give me an inch, I'm going to take a mile. I'm like 13. I'm going to draw lines that are not there. Have you seen that movie? Yes, but not in years. It came out in what, like 2005? Something like that. I just remember the revelation of the the, like the room adding up to... Th- well, maybe that's not a revelation. Maybe that was early in the film. Or that's the big shocker. The, the room numbers add up to 13. Dude, that's so fucking crazy. Yeah. See, I've got I one. Oh, sorry. I, never get in, I was just going to say, I never, thir- I never really look for 13, but because of reading The Dark Tower, I'm constantly like trying... Like the number 19, which is... A whole thing. I'm not even going to try to like get the like, deep dive into what that means in the Dark Tower, but there's a lot of of that of of oh, people tying 19 Stephen into King. it's there it's a whole yeah it's a whole fucking thing. Sorry, Brian. basically Go on. just doing like an escape room. I'm like acting like we're in an escape room, which Maybe is this, this is Discord a, channel. I know the answer to this question, but have you watched any of the like 60s Batman stuff with Adam West? No. Okay, their their breakdowns of like figuring out clues are one hundred percent what you're doing right now, and it is delightful. One of my favorite <laughs> bits of all time is in the uh, the original '60s Batman movie. They're trying to figure out who would have put this fake boat out on the water, and they're like, "Well, it was over the sea, sea like Catwoman," and like that's how they figure out it was Catwoman is because the boat was on the water. Uh, or another thing, they're trying to figure out a Riddler riddle. And uh, it's Commissioner Gordon, Batman, Robin, I forgot the other person in the room, but there's four guys in a room, and they are like, they're reading this note, and it says, what sits in a tree is very small and is very dangerous. And then, I think it's Robin, but I gotta rewatch it, it just goes, a sparrow with a machine gun, and then somebody pokes, like, pokes up and goes, of course, and they just move on, and that is how the entire series is of that show. And you're nailing the energy of it today, these, and I really like it. These are my people. Because yeah, I unironically absolutely adore Adam West-era Batman. It is very fun. I mean, yeah. it sounds like I'd like it, too. Brad, yeah. back to I'll, you, I'll sir. I'll some of those clips. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Adam West-era Batman, R.I.P. Freaking Neil Adams. Um, for those of you that don't know, he kind of like revitalized Batman comics in the 70s when Batman was hokey. He kind of made Batman like the dark brooding type. Uh, he just died. But anyways... Last thing about Knights Templar uh, that I thought was interesting. In let me see if I still have the tab open so I can get the exact. Uh, I'll cut this so they'll think that you just knew right away and are very smart. And I'm definitely not going to leave in me saying this, so you look extra funny. Okay, I didn't need to find a specific thing that I was looking for because there isn't a date listed. But apparently, the Catholic Church acknowledged that the. Knights Templar were persecuted unjustly and they have come out and said or claimed that Pope Clement was being pressured by secular rulers to destroy the order, which is just such a cop out. <laughs> that is, uh, if I've ever heard uh, anybody in power try to make excuses, it would be the Catholic Church. My God. Yeah. Pretty dumb. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's what all I found about um like the history of Friday the 13th and well, not all I found, but it was the most interesting to me just because the arrest happened on Friday the 13th. And then, you know, all those years later, the curse and the two people he named in that supposed curse died within the year. That's kind of wild. I dig it. I also, you made me think about 
the whole idea that the Knights Templar had something to do with the Freemasons um, in that like the Freemasons were kind of born out of former Knights Templar. Like there's a whole thing about that um, and made me wonder like, I wonder if the Freemasons have anything with around Friday the 13th because of their ties to the Knights Templar. No, but it just made me wonder that whole thing. One question I don't remember if you addressed. So, uh, Karen, I think you had mentioned that, like, in some cultures, it's, like, Tuesday the 13th versus Friday. Uh, Remind me what determined the days in whichever cultures like a Friday versus a Tuesday, like where does that play into this? Just when like various events happened. Yeah, basically they're like cultural things of let me consult my notes. Get your your field notes. (laughs) Listen, I have dozens of these dozens. The time, the comedic timing of just like carrying it across the screen while Brad was talking. (laughs) It's just so good. (laughs) um yeah they're italy it's friday and it has something to do with the death of a famous guy that i cannot remember the name of well his first name was like giacomo which i'm giacomo thank you is that really it it would be giacomo (laughs) yeah is that true i'm very bad at pronunciation was the guy i was saying ah Jacques de Molay. I can do French accent. I cannot do Italian. I have no fucking idea. But yeah, some Italian guy Pretend died like on a Friday. Mario. It's easy. There you go. <laughs> it's a me, Mama. Some Italian guy died on a Friday. Real quick, when we were in New York, Cara hates when I'd say like Gabagool because she's Italian or Sicilian. Um, when we were in New York, we were in Little Italy and we were walking on the street and I swear to God, a fucking New Yorker walked by us on the phone. He said, yeah, the Gabagool. And I turned to her. She goes, shut up. Shut up. I don't know why she wouldn't take pride in that kind of nonsense. I fucking love it. It's the best. The closer I am to a Soprano character, the happier I am as a person. You do live in Jersey. Why do you think I moved here? I mean, trying to become Tony Soprano. It makes sense. That guy, we were, we passed that guy as we were walking into the fucking Sopranos bar too. So just by coincidence. it's, It's probably just like one of those like tourist trap tour guides. That just does that until somebody gets their attention. It's like, I can show you all the sites. All of the gabagool you can receive in this little Italy. You're lucky he didn't uh, hear you laugh because he would have gotten off the phone and been like, do I amuse you? Am I a clown? You know what's funny? I don't think of Joe Pesci first. I think of the uh, the good pigeons from... Uh, are the good feathers? The good feathers from uh, Animaniacs. <laughs> I forgot about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, where were we? Karen was you're reading from your field notes. Field notes. Oh, reading oh, from the my Tuesday, field notes. the Tuesday versus the Friday. I don't. I don't know much. I didn't really dig too deeply into the Tuesday thing about Tuesday the thirteenth. So I'm honestly not sure. We're we're because back. we were talking about this. I was curious about the which I didn't look up beforehand. I was just looking it up while you were talking, which is the best way to do this. Uh, was the title origin of Friday the Thirteenth? Is there a detail I'm not remembering about it? But I have it. It appears that not a lot of people think that it's relevant to Jason Voorhees as a character. More or less, it's just a good title that they stuck with. Just disappointing. I don't know, Brad. You're you're the professional Jason Voorhees. 
guy. Yeah. Um, very few of the movies take place on Friday the 13th, so I would... Mm-hmm. I, I don't think... Even, I have to open this up. I don't even think that the first one takes place on Friday the 13th. Well, I, wasn't it the original... Like, in the first one, like, the original murder situation that happened at Camp Crystal Lake, isn't it that happened on Friday the 13th? It does. Or am I just like... Okay, okay, out, okay. Yeah. okay. I was like, am I making that up because I want it to be real? <laughs> The fact that it happened on Friday the 13th, what makes Jason evil, or is he inherently evil? And you know what I mean? Because then it's That's like. That's the question, right? Uh, it says in the. This is an article on CBR.com that I am reading about it. And the paragraph says uh, in Friday the 13th, Pamela Voorhees yells, You see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. Um, so I think in theory. I think it says that this has been contradicted, but it, you know, he was, she shows up on his birthday. Maybe that is Friday the 13th. Who knows? Who knows? Um, it says, uh, one new revelation Jason was born on June 13th, 1946, a Thursday. (laughs) All right. Horror movies. Good writing, everybody. I'm sure that was intentional. Um, one fact about the number 13, I just found on Wikipedia. A baker's dozen, also called a devil's dozen, which I had never heard, long dozen, or long measures, 13, one more than a standard dozen. The 13th loaf is called the vantage loaf because it is considered advantageous overall to get 13 loaves for the price of 12. I do love a baker's dozen of basically anything. I love a vantage loaf, you know. More carbs is better than less. Oh, Guys, up your pack. I gotta go drop a vantage loaf. <laughs> Damn. Uh, do you guys want to know about tattoo history with um, the number 13 and Friday the 13th? Alex, you're like, absolutely abs- abs- fucking that. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I want to know how many slash it? tattoos you've gotten on a Friday the 13th. Shockingly zero. Slash. And I thought you meant what is- just every Friday the 13th, I go get a little top hat. Tattooed to my wrist, and I just <laughs> one day I'm gonna work my way all the way around. It's like a daisy chain of top hats. Yeah, love it. What does this, this tattoo skin feel like? Can I can I rub that? What does the tattoo skin feel like on your arm? All right, so if you write in, I'll send you a sticker and a little bit of Karen's skin. You can feel what it's like. <laughs> Yikes! Damn. With tattoo on it. Yeah. Do I have the, Do I have the most tattoos of on the on this crew? For sure. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I say that like I'm not like 50% covered in them. As um, all four of your fingers are just covered yeah. in script. Karen's I now taking have... her shirt off and just showing every <laughs> every angle of all of her tattoos. What are you doing? Yeah. Come on. It's a family show, Karen. Put it back I'm on. I'm surprised you could get that tattooed. Is that <clears throat> Steve-O on your back? Yeah. It is. Absolutely. It fucking is. Yeah, um, right. I wish it was just the Steve-O tattoo, but it was you. Just <laughs> just doing the thumbs up. Fuck yeah. yeah. Listen, I want to get a back. I want to I want to do a full cover-up on my back. So I don't have, like, a, my back is not why, covered. Why do you want that, Karen? What is it on there that you're ashamed of? I think you should Are be you... as proud as anyone else. It actually Shame. isn't the good, good Charlotte tattoos. It's actually not the good Charlotte tattoos okay, that I, I want thought, to know. That's that's what it was. Okay. It's because what it is is the red dragon <laughs> tattoo. The Karen that is, is Ray Fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into w- what I want to get covered up because it's 
actually more embarrassing than the good Charlotte tattoos. Okay. So we're not gonna we're can not I gonna ask ed- you after the recording. <laughs> yes, you can ask me okay, after cool. when we're not when it's not on recording. Um, okay. but I do want to get them covered up. Not the good. Char- I do want to get the the swallows covered up. Not because they're good Charlotte swallows, but because they're so faded. Because I got them when I was like nineteen. That they just did, that you can barely tell what the fuck they are, and I, yeah. Anyways, yeah. that's not the point. Um, tattoos, I do have a lot of them, but surprisingly, I don't actually have any Friday the Thirteenth flash. And I was thinking about this because I was like, shit, next week, next week is Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's maybe it's the Friday the Thirteenth. I go and get a flash tattoo. I kind of think I'm going to. So stay tuned for that. Um, I think I'm going to do it actually, because why the fuck? Not? I'm at a point now with my tattoos where I. Fuck it. Like, literally, fuck it. I, like, the, I have so many. Get the Post Malone always tired under your eyes. Be great. <laughs> no, I'm not, not into face tattoos or neck tattoos. Me, not, nah, now I'm good. I'd actually do something small enough that I could add to my spooky arm. Yeah. I'm two for two on saying things on this podcast that influence your guys' like, permanent life decisions. Alex named his dog PJ Souls after our recording last week, and Karen is going to permanently mark her body with a Friday the 13th flash tattoo. It's it's, it's my first tattoo. It'll be my first tattoo. That name has baffled (laughs) everybody I've tried to just be like, her name is PJ. And people are like, what? I'm like, and I just go, like pajamas. And so, like, even my vet today called and was like, so PJ, his, uh," I'm like, her, come on. It's obviously a beautiful lady. How dare you? Uh, and uh, I'm just trying to think. Every person I've told has like paused for a second to be like, what, what's her name? What does it stand for? I'm like, Private Jet. Oh, well, and I've had many guesses. In fact, uh, if you'd like, I could pull a few up here. There might, be, there might be from a human that we've discussed before on this podcast whose initials are JK, as uh, you may have heard of him, Joe Nathan. Uh, I didn't say, I just said, this is my dog, PJ, and I sent a picture in our Slack thread. And then both Dennis and Jonathan uh, continued to guess for an extended period of time. So we've got uh, Prehistoric Justice, uh, Pamela Janderson, Puppy Jam, Poop Joke, Penny Jenny, Portugal Judiciary. uh, Did I read Prehistoric Justice? Is one of my favorites. Um... Putty Jungle, Phenomenal Jackalope, Pornography Jaguar, which is a good name, and I would like to start a band called that. Um, uh, Felipe, <laughs> Jalipe, <laughs> and then I, and then Phoenix Jerky, and then I sent an actual photo of Riff Randall, and I had the little circle of like PJ Souls, um, and uh, and uh, then Dennis responded with Portentous Jalapeno. This went on for a long time, and even today. I got a message that was just like, how is the dog? And it was just a random smattering of like, a, just a guess of whatever PJ stands for, which I am delighted by. But uh, it has been baffling that people are like, it's just two letters? Like, yeah, it's just a dog. Who cares? It's just her cute name for a cute dog. I'm not Pamela saying who cares Janderson about the dog. Well, it's funny because um, uh, PJ Soul's name is Pamela Jane. I don't remember what her last name is, but it's German. So Souls. Yes. So, Karen, tattoos in relation to 13 or yeah. something. Yeah. So uh, it's actually really fascinating. And I, I genuinely, I mean, obviously, I love tattoos and, and all, all of the things that come with tattoos, um, namely them lasting forever. Fuck yeah. Um, 
so before I get into how it became like a quote unquote like tattoo holiday, because it kind of is treated like one at this point, um, it's really, but be before that, like the number 13 and tattoos is actually very deeply rooted in like old school sailor traditional tattoos where um, because the number 13 is considered bad luck, sailors would get the number 13 somehow kind of like buried inside of a tattoo. The thought being that uh, the when bad luck would come your way, it would see the number 13, see that bad luck is already there and would pass on by. So it was a way to ward off bad luck. And I remember when I first, my very first ever tattoo on my 18th birthday was nautical star tattoo because obviously I'm that kind of a basic pop punk bitch. And I got a nautical tattoo. But part of the reason was, is I, I, I what I would tell people is like, I want to get 13 of them to honor that thir the number 13 tradition from traditional tattooing back in like the day with with sailors i i don't have 13 nautical star tattoos i literally just have the one and i'm gonna get it covered up eventually because it's on my back but um i did but it was something that like when i was reading about this it kind of clicked i was like oh shit i actually knew this um from way back when i first started getting tattooed back in the day but how it became a, a holiday like friday the 13th as like a more more or less a holiday for uh, tattoo shops is it actually started down in Texas with uh, Oliver Peck and his now defunct Paradise Tattoo Shop. Um, back in 1995, Oliver Peck decided to host a Friday the 13th get together at Paradise, uh, where they created a bunch of like Friday the 13th and 13 like 13th specific type flash. And they ran this party and it lasted for like 24 hours and it was just really well known and other shops that kind of like spooled out from there. He wasn't the original. He's just the one that kind of made it like mainstreamed it in, in the tattoo world. And now it's just this big thing that a lot of, I won't say all tattoo shops, but a good majority of tattoo shops do some type of very specific Friday the 13th flash that you can choose from. And they, it's like a general just like straight like hundred bucks. It used to be like $13 tattoos. They don't do that shit anymore. Um, but uh, most of them include the number 13 or something with like black cats or, you know, something spooky and, and, and all of that. But I always thought it was really fascinating that it really actually goes farther back than like modern era. Um, and it really goes back to like sailing, like sailor tattoos and, and the original like traditional tattoos. Um, that came about in Western culture. I want to be very clear here. I'm talking Western culture only because tattoos date far, 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 far back than the sailors in Western culture. So, uh, but 13 specifically is is that. So yeah, I think I'm going to go get some Friday the 13th Flash done next week. I think that's what I'm going to do. Because why the I fuck didn't know who Oliver Peck was. And I was like, oh. the, the country guy that wears frills on his face? <laughs> That's what I thought too. Yeah, I, oh, I, looked, I looked it up and I recognize his face. He's from a, a million things. Was, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's huge. In, he's a dick, but he's huge. In um, he's not a nice guy. He's kind of a misogynistic prick. Um, he's sorry, like, not uh, sorry. Willem Dafoe, if you will. Massive no. junk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like Willem Dafoe yeah. seems like a nice person. Um, I was gonna say, I never thought. Was no, a no, dick. Um, a huge dick thing. Yeah, yeah. just has a huge dick, just massive junk. Got it, got it. Hangs dong, got it, got it. 
That's Karen, two episodes about- in a row. We've said hang I had to. Had to. I needed to get it in here. Let's get a turkey next episode. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> turkeys aside, uh, Karen, you're talking a lot about sailors, and um, yes, they obviously a superstitious lot. Um, I when I was researching Friday the Thirteenth and Thirteenth and everything, uh, they're very superstitious about number thirteen and Friday the Thirteenth and everything. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that they would go so far as to um, refuse a crew member that was either born on or has a birthday on Friday the 13th um, from time to time. And the one good Friday the 13th is, or actually, sorry, the Friday in general is considered a bad luck day. Um, I think it. what I saw is it dates back to um, Canterbury Tales by Chaucer. Because I think he said a line like all of this came to pass on a Friday or something like that. And so Friday is kind of considered a bad luck day in general. Um, the exception being Good Friday. So when I was researching. Is it sailors because would, Jesus did die on Good Friday? Like, yeah, it's called Good Friday, but that feels like a misnomer. I don't know why it's called Good Friday. I don't I'm not qualified, but. From what I saw, sailors would embark journeys on Good Friday because of the good luck associated with it because it's the one good day of the bad batch of Fridays. Uh, that is the day that Christ was crucified. Yeah. Good luck. Good Friday. Always look on the bright side of life. I just, the amount of paradoxes in life that we all just like casually ignore and then carry on like full belief systems despite the paradoxical nature is like the most human thing I've ever heard. What do you mean? Like it's, you know, it's like people that, for example, maybe would like refuse to get the vaccine because it's bad for them, but then like, are alcoholics or something you know there's just a lot of i choose to believe this but not just like the everything we've talked about 13 it's like over here it's very bad over here it's very good it's just funny it's just funny lol laugh out loud if if you're not laughing you're crying thank you nikki yes Yes, humans are silly little boys and people, oh, and man. just it's crazy. I thought you were going to say they're little, and I was like, you know, you've called somebody a little goose before, but I was like, do you say they're little geese? Little <laughs> goose. Humans are silly little geese. Well, like, even, I mean, so essentially the origin of 13 as a tattoo is it's like the human version of like playing dead or like excreting a poisonous toxin. It's like, there's a snake, I just watched a video on it, that if you touch the snake, it will literally roll over and show its underbelly and play dead. Like, that's what the 13 is. It's like, oh, y'all y'all are already cursed, I don't need to curse you now. That's what it, it is, and that's kind of cool and funny, maybe. Maybe not funny, I, because I don't want any bad luck to come my way. I have a goofy thing to tie this to. Oh, sorry, go on, Alex, because I got... Well- all I was going to say was that Nikki just went on about how people are funny because they, 
they contradict things that the, the, the full belief system is based on something that has basically evidence to the contrary and then ended it on a, something that you're superstitious about or that you are fearful of. You do not want to have bad luck. And I'm not yes. criticizing you for that because I feel the same thing, the same way that I don't believe in ghosts, but I'm still the type of guy that if I was walking up from someone's spooky basement, I would run up those stairs and turn that light off if I was by myself. Well, so. yeah, it's like, here's the thing. I can acknowledge this, but at the end of the day, I am not above it. I myself am a stupid little goose boy human. So like I can acknowledge the contradictions, but I am not above the contradictions. I am part of it. I just see it. I am it. <laughs> Getting really existential or stoner, but I can't tell which, if not both. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't know. Brad, what up? <laughs> okay. So in your little uh diatribe about um, you know, creating bad luck and kind of like forcing bad luck. Uh I did a little bit of research. Um so one of the things we'll talk about is kind of our own superstitions around Friday the thirteenth. Uh to kind of jump start that. One of the ones that I am aware of is wearing red on Friday the 13th being bad luck. Um, and I was thinking, I was like, where did I get that from? Where did I get that from? You guys remember the Nickelodeon show um, as told by Ginger? Someone once told me the grass was much greener. Yep. Yeah. Bangers. I don't think I know that show, but it, the, the theme song sounded familiar when Nick yeah, was. Macy Gray did the theme yeah, song. Yeah, Macy Gray. They do an episode called TGIF where the younger, it's, takes place on Friday the 13th and the family's just having all yeah. kinds of uh, I've seen this. Yeah. bad luck. And I forget like what like the moral of the episode is, whatever. But the younger brother is going out of his way, Carl, to generate as much bad luck as possible. Like he like walks under ladders and he wears red, he wears a Jason mask, there's all kinds of bad luck things because he believes that by creating all this bad luck, he'll in turn generate good luck. So I thought that was Related to your sort of like little thing you were getting out about the snake showing its belly and people getting 13 tattooed and everything. Yeah, like I'm not a yeah, that sounds the most human thing to ever do. It's like, what if I just do this like asinine behavior? It will elicit this opposite response, which yeah. is a psychological thing, too. Yeah, well. I kind of shared mine. Not that I believe in this, but it's just a superstition I'm aware of that wearing red on Friday the 13th is bad. Do you all have any uh, superstitions you subscribe to related to Friday the 13th or are aware of? Um, I mean, we talked about this in the ghost episode, but like if someone's idea of a fun time on a Friday the 13th is like, hey, Nikki, let's do a Ouija board. I'd be like, we're, I'm a dumb white girl. I don't need to be summoning up something out of my own ignorance so like pass that, as yeah. a medium smart white girl yeah maybe depends who you ask i do not have any traditions for this because as billy buzzkill over here i don't and there was nothing really for me to like i was raised christian there wasn't really a lot of Friday the 13th, where I did things, I, like all of you have discussed and or considered going to get flash tattoos on Friday the 13th, nothing really appealed to me, or I didn't want to wait in line. That is kind of a really huge thing for me, is do I have to wait in line? It's one of the main reasons I stopped doing Record Store Day, aside from all the other bad shit that happens in Record Store Day, but like, if I have to work for it, I'm kind of like... Mm -hmm. 
or I'll Sounds give up halfway. Like you're that's version actually of heck. That is my version of heck. It's just like it's a it's a two hour wait or a wait that's just doable, but it's inconvenient. Is whatever it is. Where's that's heck? actually a big reason why I haven't gotten a Friday the Thirteenth flash tattoo. Yeah, if you have to get up and wait in line. Just to get a tattoo that's cheaper that 16 other people are getting that day. I'm like, eh. Taylor Street, uh, kind of south of the office a little ways, did one a couple years ago that, or like when I was still in the city, and they had like a, a Mario Boo that I was like, well, I could go do that, but I just didn't want to go. So I just didn't. The end. I think my, my entire relationship with the quote unquote holiday of Friday the 13th is never knowing that it's happening and then it will be Friday the 13th and like someone in like a Slack thread will be like, happy Friday the 13th or I'll see like a Jason meme on Instagram and give it a like. So you mean how we landed on today's topic? Correct. You three were the ones that informed me that this was a thing and I went, oh, whoops. And then I uh, may or may not, I'm like, I mean, I don't know anything good about Friday the 13th and then Tiff promptly reminded me you got married on a Friday the 13th. And I went, I did? <laughs> That's not how you get in anyone's good graces. I did remember that. I was just being a butthead. Which is not Ooh. something I <laughs> You did get engaged in the Parisian catacombs, though, which is, like, extra cool and even spookier than getting married on a Friday the 13th. It did happen. And that is actually what influenced uh, Tiff suggested the Friday the 13th. Uh, because she wanted it to tie into the engagement in some way by just having it be a spooky thing. That's so fucking cool. You should share a picture. Oh, I think you did. Um, Did you have a, like, actually, no, never mind. I was going to be like, did you have a baker's dozen, like, loaf of bread? But, like, you don't serve loaves of bread at a wedding. No, we we didn't even have a wedding wedding. We, I, uh, I didn't want any family there. I just wanted it to be a thing for us. And I think that's how some weddings should just be. Uh, I, I think that the ceremony of it, I had been to too many friends weddings in the last like, couple of years before uh, we decided to get married where it felt like none of them were enjoying themselves. They were just attaching themselves to ceremony. They weren't interested in. And there was a lot of the, uh, you could see the cracks in the sidewalk of being like, Oh, this is a, uh, some parents giving ownership of the woman to the man in the, in the heterosexual weddings I was seeing, obviously we all have our own interpretations of that. And uh, I'm the type of person that's like, I didn't necessarily need the formal commitment, but I'm glad I did. Like it's, it's actually, um, I don't know. It, it made sense for us to take that step in our relationship. And the point is, is I just wanted it to be the two of us. We fill out the paperwork. We go have a day to ourselves. Um, just family involved just gets messy and uh they all showed up anyway but it was just us signing paperwork in my apartment we walked under the boardwalk and we took photos we went and had some food and that was the end of that uh over the weekend we my parents were here it was the only time they've been out here and my brother was here uh, and um my in-laws took us down to seaside heights which if you don't know is where uh, jersey shore was shot uh, for the most part and I, <laughs> I've never watched the show, but I will tell you that I love a kitschy boardwalk with like arcades and shit, and I think it's great. I had a great time there. It really kills me that you are so close to my favorite subculture of Americans, which is Italian New Jersey 
well, I mean, folk, and you a don't good majority care. Of them are from uh, either North Jersey, and they are just like this is where they go to hang out, or they are from uh, New York. So that's the funny thing about it. It's, it's not even like not to say that Guido culture isn't part of the state. I'm not really the expert on it, but it's definitely transplants a lot of the time. Well, you know, like even more like like the Real Housewives, New Jersey, like uh, genre. It's just that is a subculture that is chef's kiss and here you are with not a care in the world and it's offensive to me and my culture personally i liked it it's uh, i like the places they like to hang out so that's about as far as i can go there's a couple bars here that are definitely guido bars that i would love to take you to just so you could just observe the wildlife there's one on my way called uh DJs, it's D apostrophe J A I S, and I could not pronounce it for a long time. Uh, and uh, I advise you to look up. Uh, there are a few YouTube videos of just the people you're describing celebrating their travel to this bar. It's very funny. I love it. I honor it. I respect it. Oh, and speaking of, while we were talking about um, ceremony celebrations, one thing we didn't touch on, but I don't really know how much there is to say is like 13 as just like a big year, like an age, bar mitzvahs and like puberty. And there's you meant like kind of the... the year 13 AD. And I was like, where's Nikki going with this? Oh, dude, I know nothing about the year 13 AD. I can tell you that right now. Okay. Um, No, but just 13 as a like an age and a number, which obviously there's like the physical component of it and like periods, blood, red. But then there's also kind of like a, I, there's, what's the word I'm looking for? There's like a badness to it or like a kind of yeah. like, like a haunting I mean, element to turning 13. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of the age of, it's that it's where your childhood ends and your adulthood is starting to begin. Like that's the whole point of your bar mitzvah and your bat mitzvah. And, and it's basically becoming a man or becoming a woman and, and entering into adulthood because you're, you're no longer a child. You're officially a teenager. So it's really like the demarcation of that point in your life as you get older. But to your point, too, it's also like puberty is really just hitting you hard. A lot of lot of hormones just raging. And but to that end. With specifically with women, it is the kind of your age of innocence, the purity ends because you're becoming a woman. So you're now able to have children. It's the whole point of getting your period. Um, is to basically denote that you are of childbearing age, technically speaking. Um, so it's a, it's also a mark of uncleanliness, especially There's for like women. A taboo and a demonization. I'd like to speak on behalf of both of you and say, bummer. <laughs> My favorite thing, yeah. though, about 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 young women hitting puberty specifically is the whole idea that. Um, going through that change in your hormones and just your body overall is linked to poltergeist activity. I've always found that super fucking fascinating. Did y'all know this? Like, are you, have you all heard like this? Wait, are parallels? you trying to tell me that periods are ghosts? No. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's what that's this the before. That's the Friday the Thirteenth. I'm getting. That's a blood ghost. Mm. Um, just, I have to quote it because we're talking about periods in a, f- a funny way, kind of. I have to say the SNL skit 
When oh. your uterus lining looks like the elevator from The Shining. Tampax Pearl. That is a very good quote. I was going to just start chanting plug it up from Carrie because that was a... I watched the original Carrie for the very first time when I was 13. And I got my period, my very first period ever, like two months before I turned 13. Um, So it was a very like pivotal moment for me. And I watched that movie... Honestly, I think it was actually right before I got my first period. So that first scene in the shower scarred me. Like for for life, I was like, I never want that to happen to me. Um, but I, at least I knew what a period was, I guess. So like, it wasn't going to happen to me. But damn, I will say I did want magical powers to happen when I got my period, and it was really pissed off that I had no telekinetic abilities when I got my period. Just like wicked cramps. No, that's they're there. They're just subdued because you have not exercised the use of them yet. They're dormant, but they're there. That's, I mean, but I tried hard. Like, I tried a lot. I, tr- I tried. You have to let go and let God. That's fair. I don't mean to be a, a complete radical on the podcast and uh, try to pass off my... Periods um, are real, Alex. I, I hate to no, tell no. you. Actually, I was going to say we should probably work on the way that we communicate with young people about uh, what real life is like. But that seems fine, too. I think periods are fake. I'm just going to lean into that, but since you opened me up that door, and I'll, I'll be the guy. I'm the heel. So here we are. <gasps> oh, man. Um, okay, what else? Anything else about the number 13, Friday the 13th? I consider 13 a lucky number. I do, personally. But I also like creepy, weird shit and know that kind of i have baphomet mat i have a baffo mat in my kitchen it's a rug that is the shape of it's the head of baphomet it's my baffo mat bath mat though that seems like it's in the wrong room in your house it's not yeah. a bath but because it's not a bath mat it's not meant to soak up things like water and pee but it's a kitchen mat isn't that kind it's of it's not a kitchen mat it's just a rug that I happened to put in my kitchen in front of my stove because I thought it would be like an homage to why am I even getting into this? I put the baffo mat in front of my mm. stove as an homage to witches and potions and, and potion making. Cause that's I'm kind of a, a nerd. I am jump to conclusions, Matt kind of guy. So. That's fair. That's legit. Mm. Nikki, you got any, uh, Friday the 13th or 13 themed, uh, would you rather's for us today? Yeah, um, it's a little bit of a left turn, but 13 Ghosts. Okay, we all know the movie, Matthew Lillard. I've never seen that movie. Are you serious? Have you seen the original, though? That would really throw us off. The the William (laughs) Castle movie? No, okay. Well, I was going to ask, Brad, you should watch it because it's truly one of my... It's a pivotal moment in my horror interest growing up we've talked about it before but i was just going to ask which one of the ghosts so alex or karen if you can think of one off the top of your head which one of the 13 ghosts and brad you can just maybe google image so you could still answer would you like least want to encounter of the 13 so um i don't remember all 13 but some um top of mind the jackal like the dude with the head in the cage the man baby and his mom before before you finish can i ask a more personal question because i'm curious about how this will go which one do you think that i want to encounter the most you want to encounter the most yeah the booby princess (laughs) 
<laughs> I just wanted to just say booby princess. We can move on. Okay. Yeah, no, this one's who you like least want to deal with. The Probably prince, the jackal, which right? is like the tall guy. Yeah, I think the jackal is like yeah. the right answer. But second is the guy with the nails in his head. The jackal's the one with his head in a box, correct? They like yeah. tricks the lawyer to getting cut in half. I think, I think he chases Jessica Alba and okay. she falls down. That is the one I'm scratching. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking. Yeah, he's of. pretty creepy looking. Kind of a running yeah. zombie. That's what the hammer is. is the one with the nails in his head. He looks pretty spooky too. The hammer. The hammer. The prince the... is really big. He's like a, the biggest one, um, height wise. I've looked up their wiki pages for each, and he's like physically the biggest. I love that there's a fan page that has just like stats. What about the oh, juggernaut, yeah. bitch? The juggernaut. Oh, wait, is that who I'm thinking of? <gasps> right, remember when the internet became reality and that's actually in an X-Men movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I think the internet happened because of the X-Men movie. Oh, that, that's oh. true. Yeah, that's how you should interpret that. He was, sure. like, stuck down and Kitty Pride had him, like, in the ground. He goes, you think you can stop me? I'm the juggernaut, bitch! And then he busts out. Okay. For Brad, some reason, you're I right. it was from one of those, like, redubs first. When he busts through the wall. You're absolutely right. I was thinking of the juggernaut. The prince is mm. the one with the baseball bat who's like not yeah. too he just looks like a a frat boy who like had a bad ending. The juggernaut though is like Ugh. Okay, so like the jackal, the hammer, what was the other guy you said? You know, I've never seen this movie, but you guys said uh booby I think I gotta is it on anything? Can we can I watch it tonight? Yeah, you can. It's either um, already on, I think, HBO Max, or it's joining one of the services this month, because I saw it on a list. Just freaking Google search it. Google um, Booby Princess? Search on mm-hmm. your Roku. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that on my work computer, though. Just do an incognito tab. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's how that works. There'll be nothing yeah. to trace it back. It'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, uh, um, that was my only question for you guys today. Really, <laughs> to 13. just thirteen ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I like okay. couldn't think of it because I was like, we've already talked about the franchise and like the kills we like from that, and honestly, yeah. we all know how I feel about that series and Jason Voorhees. Um, you for him? Not against him? I yes, like him uh, as a man. That's it. <laughs> Oh, like, like a, Mrs. Addy. Yeah. He is big a hulking great man, hulking, that, big hulking man. Yeah. yeah. Could threaten uh, you with machete. Let, <laughs> oh, let, let me ask this. What type of Friday the 13th tattoo should I get next week? Splatter brains? From Mario, probably that. Uh, oh, the, yes. sprout, the splatter brains logo? You yeah. didn't even yeah, the logo. Flash. It could just be a brain exploding. Oh, that's a good Which, one, actually. Yeah. The meal posted to our Twitter with no context. you could get a spooky cat and kind of as a homage to your cats Mm -hmm. as well under your eye to represent that you have murdered somebody but i haven't murdered anybody not yet not with that attitude all right karen i got one for you you get like a ship with like sails and on the sail there's a 13 so I already have a ship with sails, but there's no 13 Oh, fuck it. you, Karen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry. That's cool, though. Well, on that note. 
Sorry, Where can Karen. you find us on the internet, Brad? I really wanted to just be like, let's just end the episode on, well, fuck I you, really, Karen. Yeah, I yeah. really wanted you to do that. That would have been great. Yeah. Well, fuck you, Karen. Follow us on Twitter at Splatter underscore Brains. On Instagram at Splatter Brains Podcast. On Facebook, not at, but you can search Splatter Brains Podcast. Or you can email us at brainsplatter at gmail.com. God! You nailed that energy, Karen, man. you're so stupid. I'm going to claim the farting today. I fart. Got the number 13 tattooed on my neck. When the ink starts to itch, then the black will turn to red.